I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you find podcasts or you can get archived ones at HeidiHarris.com or iTunes or uh, podcast app or wherever you get podcasts. Heidi Harris Show. Your smart device will also play it. So say, Alexa, play the Heidi Harris Show podcast and it will. Pretty cool. Now, lately what I've been doing on the podcast is I've been posting my normal things where I either talk about a particular issue that's important to me or I'll interview somebody and that interview sometimes doesn't fit in a morning show because I don't have very long segments in the morning. So I'll post those interviews up on the podcast. Also, I've been putting on some segments from the live show. Uh, select segments from the live show. I'm not going to podcast the entire live show. Nobody's going to listen to that. Nobody listens to anybody's three-hour podcast. I'm not going to do that, but I will share some of the ones that I think are really important. Last week, I had a chance to talk to Dr. Jay Richards. He's got a brand new book out. He and a couple of co-writers wrote an amazing book called The Price of Panic. Now, we all know what this pandemic is doing to people, obviously scaring people to death, costing people money. What are the sociological uh, societal impacts of this panic. How many lies have we been told? Dr. Jay Richards joined me on my live show last week. I wanted you to hear it. This is an important book. Personality that provokes and persuades. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. I have been looking forward to speaking with Dr. Jay Richards. Had a chance to get this book ahead of time. These are advantages of being a talk radio host. Just saying. It's called The Price of Panic. And uh, I'm amazed that they got this book out so quickly. But this basically chronicles all the lies we've been told, the costs associated with it. And now this morning, perfect example, this morning, somebody on Kamala Harris's staff has COVID-19. I thought face masks and distancing and all that stuff, I thought those were the uh, solutions to all the problems. Dr. Jay Richards, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you. I loved the book. I literally, last weekend, I sat and read the entire thing, and I have about 82 flags in here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that kind of person. I like to highlight and flag everything. Uh, Let's start with some of the lies that we were told early on, because honestly, Mm -hmm. reading your book, I'd forgotten about some of the way the story changed. You know, obviously it went from 15 days to stop this, to slow the spread, and then it just went crazy. So talk a little bit about that. It did. Well, and a lot of what really made things crazy was this infamous Imperial College London computer model led by this guy, Neil Ferguson, which plugged in all sorts of things that we knew not to be true. Um, for instance, there's an assumption that there was a 3.4% infection fatality rate, which we absolutely know was way off. Um, there was, that, that's where we got this idea that 2.2 million Americans were going to die as a result of the coronavirus, 40 million deaths worldwide. It wouldn't have mattered that much if it had just been, um, you know, just this speculation. Unfortunately, the Director General of the World Health Organization and Dr. Anthony Fauci bit. They assumed that the model was going to be true. And so that's that's how President Trump uh, was advised. Uh, so the, the original argument with the 15 days to slow the spread was that, um, you know, that, that's basically what we do temporarily. Unfortunately, here we are seven months later. Yeah, it's stunning. We're speaking with Dr. Jay Richards, author of dozens of books, executive editor at The Stream. He's got too long a resume for me to read it all here. He wrote this book. It's called The Price of Panic with William Briggs, who's a statistician and a biologist, Douglas Axe. So the three of you, you were all working from different places in the world, right, trying to crank this book out as quickly as possible. Absolutely. I was in D.C., Doug Axe was in L.A., and Matt Briggs, who's from New York, was actually in Taiwan for the entire (laughs) writing of the book. if it hadn't been for Google Docs, which, you know, is cloud-based, so you can work on the same document at the same time, 
Uh, and of course, email and, and video conferencing, we never could have done it. But as it was, we ended up saving a bunch of time because, you know, we were locked down. We couldn't travel. <laughs> I couldn't drive to school. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of people, unfortunately, tragically lost jobs and businesses. We actually had extra time on our hands enough to write a book complaining about the lockdown. Well, you know, it was so important, too. Once again, we're talking about the price of panic. Uh, this book's available this week. Uh, you can get it at Amazon anywhere. Uh, you know, I could go on and on. I've got so many questions to ask you. But uh, some of the things that you talk about is the assumptions that are made when they do the modeling. And that's a really yeah. important point that you, you make the point in the book. You said models don't prove that social distancing works. They assume it. Talk about the modeling and how that becomes policy and, and where the disconnect is. I mean, the problem is, honestly, a lot of this I I blame on the media for treating models as if they are evidence. But unfortunately, the modelers do this also. Uh, Modelers, I mean, you just think of a model as a complicated, big, complicated argument that you run on a computer. Arguments have premises, things that you assume to be true. And then if you follow valid logical principles, you end up with a conclusion. That's what a model is. You say, let's assume an infection fatality rate is like this. Let's assume that it's disinfectious. Let's assume certain things that people do. And then let's assume that if we say lock down everyone uh, in their homes, then that's going to somehow slash how infectious it is, right? Well, notice those are all assumptions. So if, 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 if all those things are true, then what will happen? That's what the model tells you. And then you get conclusions. But the model never tells you anything that you didn't already put into it. And so a model is not evidence of anything unless all the assumptions conform to reality. Like if you actually know what the infection fatality rate is, then you could run the implication. We didn't do that. So uh, Ferguson's team, they just they plugged in a bunch of highly extreme assumptions or worst case scenario assumptions. If they were right, the coronavirus should be far more deadly than the Spanish flu of 1917. Well, everything we've learned tells us that that's absolutely not true. It's very discriminating. It tends to be really dangerous, more dangerous probably even than the flu. If you're elderly and you have a lot of comorbidities, it's way less dangerous than the flu if you're young and healthy. Um, And so almost immediately, I mean, this infection fatality rate that they assume, for instance, is 3.4%. We estimate in the book it's, it's probably... Uh, 0.15 to 0.26%. And we were making that projection, remember when we finished the book back in June, now the World Health Organization is saying it may be as low as 0.13%. So in other words, you know, they're basically the assumption was that this was uh, orders of magnitude more deadly than it actually is. And so this idea that that gets been treated as evidence it leads to a public po- policy catastrophe, which is what we actually ended up with. That's absolutely true. We're speaking with 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 Dr. with Jay Richards and about the books called "The Price of Panic." I read it over last weekend. It's fantastic. And one of the points you make too is that there were a lot of options between business as usual and ordering ninety five percent of the people to to lock down. And now WHO's come out just this last week. I know you saw this yes. and said, "Oh, lockdown mm-hmm. shouldn't be the first resort for communities." What after people are losing everything? Uh, no, exactly. What people probably don't know, you know this because you've read the book, that was the, uh, the World Health Organization's original position right. a year ago. There was a major study surveying over 200 uh, scientific papers and to just look at the evidence, okay, what, what can actually help in, in the case of, say, a flu pandemic, which is what they were thinking about a year ago. 
And what they concluded is that no, lockdowns probably won't make any difference. At least there's no evidence that those would make any difference. And, of course, they would devastate the economy, and especially those who can least afford it. Then in the middle height of the frenzy, World Health Organization came out as a strong partisan for lockdowns and managed to persuade uh, President Biden uh, and everyone else that that's the way you're supposed to go. And now all of a sudden they're, they're back to saying, no, these are bad ideas. What's funny is the media is not reporting that. I mean, you see it on Twitter, and we've written about it. But this is generally going unnoticed. But, you know, somebody should tell uh, Vice President Biden that the World Health Organization is now saying lockdowns are a bad thing. Absolutely. Want to change your talking. It's crazy. We're speaking with Dr. Jay Richards. The book is The Price of Panic. One of my biggest frustrations, Dr. Richards, with this entire situation is we're not in this together. We never have been. You got people sitting home in their pajamas, on their little mm-hmm. blogs, putting their little stories out when the people right. who have to leave their homes to keep their homes are stuck indoors. They're, 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 as you talk about in the book, they're virtue signaling, oh, you want to kill grandma. That's why you want to go back to work. That has been my biggest frustration. No, I know. It's just so weird. And I mean, at this point, I think anyone paying attention knows that what a lot of city authorities are doing is just it's like they're looking at a magic eight ball to decide what to do. And so, okay, well, we're going to wear a mask. We're not going to wear a mask. As many people in D.C., I can tell you where in D.C., if you go to Costco, you can buy all the liquor you want. Like it's essential, apparently. And so you can just jam (laughs) thousands of people into the local Costco. But if you want to go, say, to the uh, National Basilica of the Catholic Church on on my campus at Catholic University, it it seats 3,000 people. It's massive, five times probably bigger than a Costco. But only 100 people can go in there. It's just just kind of random uh, decisions and highly discriminating, as you said, um, some people can afford this. And those of us that are mostly in the so-called digital economy, I had a few adjustments, but otherwise it wasn't a big deal. But gosh, if your job requires you serving Mexican food to people, right, then that is absolutely devastating. And so rather than doing what we've always done, which is focus on the people that are really vulnerable and quarantine the people that are actually sick and then let all of us use our own best judgment about our local circumstances, that's what we've always done in the past. We decided to test this genuinely untested response, which is general lockdowns of everyone at home. It's never been tried before. This is an absolute disaster, and I think we need to conclude that the experiment was a failure. Absolutely. Dr. Jay Rickers, I, I wanted to mention one other thing, Dr. Richards. I don't know if you saw this story, but the head of our coronavirus response team here in Nevada has coronavirus. Now, I'm laughing about it only because he's young and healthy and it looks like he's going to be yeah. fine. Okay, so we'll we'll sure. we'll make fun of him because of that. If he was really sick, we wouldn't. But it, it's hilarious. Our governor is destroying our state with his policies. And here, mm. one of the closest guys to him, the guy who's in charge of our response, has coronavirus. And I'm sure you saw that one of Kamala Harris's yes. people has it today. I mean, yes. This is the irony of this. It is. And I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, a leading story. I saw uh, the breaking news on CNN. I happen to be at the gym watching CNN, um, of course, is the only place I would see it. And the breaking news last <laughs> night was that Baron Trump had right. COVID-19. Okay, right. well, Baron Trump, of course, he had no symptoms. You know, it's like, uh, you know, okay, he also, word is that he had some acne. I mean, we all know how uh, <laughs> safe kids are that get this. It's, it's a one in a million chance of dying with this. How that could be breaking news is, is, is beyond me. It's stunning. Well, I, Dr. Richards, I don't know if you know this, but I had the Rona in June. Knocked me out my butt for oh, two wow. weeks. But I'm okay. You know what? I'm like Good. most people. You know, I, I was pretty sick and miserable. But you know what? I survived sure. it. My husband barely got a bl- glancing blow, the jerk. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. And that's, I mean, that's the reality. The older we are, it, just hey, like watch the flu, that. The watch flu, that. The flu almost killed me, actually, in 2016. Yes. Uh, you know, I spent two weeks in, in intensive care uh, with a, something called pleural effusion, complications from the flu. It can happen, but we all make sort of calculated risk assessments. And you want your your judgments about what you do to be appropriate to the risk. And we completely overstrip this by, I mean, the average American thinks that the COVID-19 is 150 times more deadly than it actually is. Wow. And so I think we ultimately, I mean, we've got to blame uh, social media and some major media actors for giving us that. Oh, impression. yeah, and people who make money off clicks. They're trying to keep their jobs by, I saw a story yesterday, I'm sure you saw this, a, a woman got a coronavirus a second time and died, and then you read below the headline, she's 89 and she had cancer. <clears throat> yes, I mean, this is the problem is that the average age of death uh, with COVID-19, associated death, is very close to the average age of death for the average American. Right. So what that tells us is that, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's a contributing factor to death for some people, um, but it is probably taking, you know, like a month off of someone's life or something like that. That's an entirely different thing than things that are, you know, killing people when they're 10 years old. It's a different public health uh, problem, and it requires a different response in which we focus our protection on those that are most vulnerable and don't, shut everyone else down. No question about this book is fantastic. It's called The Price of Panic. You can get it at Amazon or any place. Uh, Dr. J. Richards, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everybody, buy this for your, for your scaredy cat friends, folks. <laughs> Hand it to them. Have them read some stats because this was excellent. I'm so glad. You, I know it's hard to put a book out this quickly, but you did a fantastic mm. job. Once again, the book is called The Price of Panic. Everyone needs to get this book, I'm telling you right now, because I had even forgotten all the lies we've been told and how they changed the story practically week to week throughout this so-called pandemic where we were supposed to flatten the curve for two weeks and now we flattened everything for eight months. Crazy. The Price of Panic. Get it at Amazon or anywhere you get books. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget you can join me for my live radio show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KMZQ. That's AM 670 in Las Vegas. If you forget all that, just go to HeidiHarris.com for my books, my podcasts, all that good stuff. And you can also listen live at a link that's right there on HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs) 